transition takes more than one week of tap. We're a three month executive style education. We're trying to get to the individual while they still have a challenging day job on active duty because the best time to get the next job is why you're still currently earning money on your current job. We can reach out to guys and gals in special operations 18 to 12 months before they transition so they can really start to dive into themselves and really figure out who they are along with all the other necessary steps that you have to take in transition. We bring them in in the evenings, two nights a week. We serve dinner, ask them to be in civilian business attire, and we bring in faculty from all over the business world. Month one is really about diving into you, which sets us apart. Month two is kind of the stereotypical stuff where I think most VSOs help out. And phase three is all about exposing you to opportunity. It's a wide swath of industries, companies. Is that much of a, is that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian, and that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 74 features Michael G. Halterman, a Marine Corps veteran and the Vice President of Operations for the Honor Foundation. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right, we are live. Good evening for me. Good afternoon for you, Halty. Welcome to Veteran Made. Thank you. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm happy to have you. I'm glad we got to got to know each other here quickly recently. Yeah. Uh, I do. One one thing I just, I want to say to start just to the audience is so this is episode. Uh, this is 52 and 52. This is the 52nd episode in the 52nd week of of 2023. Uh, so this will go live uh, right right after Christmas. Um, and uh, it was one of the goals I set this year was to do 52 episodes in 52 weeks. Do do um do once of these a week, and so I uh, deeply appreciate that that you are the guest for that episode. So um, thank well, thanks, you, man. Yeah, what a that's a heck of a goal, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it was actually a lot harder than I, I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, with uh, podcasting in general, and then and then actually getting to this episode and and doing it. Obviously, lots of easy corners to cut. Like, oh, you miss a week here and there, and absolutely sure. not. Every every month, I was like, I've got four guests or five guests. Some months, obviously, for some of those weeks that have five five weeks, and it's like we're we're doing it, man. We're 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 getting it done. So. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's been cool. It's been cool. Um, all right, awesome. So, I mean, jumping in with you, I, uh, yeah. I'd love it if you could just give, give the audience a bit of a primer on who you are, where, where, and when you served, what you're doing now, and then we'll jump into some specific questions. Obviously I, I want to talk about your, your, uh, your reframing of transition, which I think our audience is greatly going to enjoy. So, but take it away. Tell us who you are, where you've been. Yeah. So a uh, small town kid grew up on the central coast of California, um, decided sometime after high school that I wanted to get out of that small town and go adventure in the big old world. Um, found myself joining the Marine Corps. So I had a couple of buddies out of high school that did that too. Um, and then fast forward 10 years, I'd, all of a sudden I'd been in for 10 years. Um, I was in the infantry for that, that whole first uh, half and really enjoyed it. Um, and then I was just right time, right place and had been putting in some pretty tough work to um, position myself for special operations. So I get to spend the second half, uh, another 10 years in special operations. So 20 years total. Um, and at the end of 20 years, I knew that was probably about 
felt good for me. Uh, it was time to transition and figure out what I was going to do when I was, you know, what do you do when you grow up after 20 years of playing with your friends, um, guns and camping trips all over the world. So, uh, I transitioned and now for the last five years, so I've got a full enlistment plus a year, uh, as a civilian. And I've been doing that nonprofit, trying to help other, um, special operations veterans primarily transition, um, and make sure they're successful. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, just a note to everybody. My wife is going to listen to this episode and she's going to laugh. She and my daughter, uh, left, left the house for the e evening to give me some peace and quiet, but that means that there's nobody to man the tiny little yeah. dog always yeah. making his, um, his cameo appearance, uh, on the show. So <laughs> apologies in advance to you and, and to everybody listening. Um, so did you go through the honor foundation, um, uh, program first and then, and then got involved with the organization walk, walk us through that. Yeah. Great question. So yeah, I was finishing my time, um, coming towards the end of a 20 year career and I had watched kind of my peer group and guys, I looked up to mentors who were a couple years ahead of me watching how transition goes. And so I really started my transition about two years out. So I was at the 18 year mark, knowing 20 years would be a hard finish for me. And I started kind of doing all of the stereotypical things and, but I knew that I needed to go through the honor foundation as a, as a really important step. Cause everyone ahead of me had said, no matter what you do, you have to do the honor foundation. And so it was one of the last things I got to do just because it was how it kind of fit in my transition process. And, um, yeah, I, I ended up going through the honor foundation and I'm, I'm the guy I'm, I'm the stray dog that they kept feeding. So I just kept coming back and I ended up with a job there. <laughs> uh, I, love it. Yeah. I love it. That's, uh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's, it's, it's a good way to go. Um, yeah, it's one, one of my, one of my favorite things about the special operations community is how good you all are to each other on this front. So there's the honor foundation, there's elite meet, there's all these other, uh, great organizations, nonprofits, um, and businesses, uh, where, where you all kind of have each other's back, even if you were on the same teams or, or weren't on the same set of teams, you all kind of have this, uh, this, set of, of, um, of nonprofits and groups that, that are kind of always, always helping. I think, uh, mm. I, I think it's a really, really great, great thing that you all do. And, um, and it's, uh, I'm super excited to dive into, uh, to the honor foundation. So, uh, walk us through what, what does the honor foundation offer? What's your role there and, and, and kind of what's your day to day look like. And then I want to jump mm -hmm. into, to your reframe of transition and spend the bulk of the time talking about that. Yeah. So the honor foundation, uh, the, the idea around the curriculum is it transition transition takes more than one week of tap. Uh, and it takes, uh, longer than a, a lot of other, uh, perhaps organizations are giving time for. So we're a three month executive style education. We're trying to get to the individual while they still have a challenging day job and on active duty, because the best time to get the next job is why you're still currently earning money on your current job. So we try and reach out to, to guys and gals in special operations, 18 to 20, uh, 18 or excuse me, 18 to 12 months before they transition. So they can really start to dive into themselves, um, and really figure out who they are along with all the other necessary steps that you have to take, uh, in transition. So three months, um, we bring them in in the evenings, two nights a week. Um, the doors open at the in-person locations, which that we have eight of at about four 30 or five, we serve everyone dinner cause they're kind of rushing in right after a, you know, busy, busy being at work all day. We ask them to be in civilian clothes, civilian business attire. And then from about 6 PM to 9 PM, we ask them to grind over the curriculum and material. And we bring in faculty from, uh, all over the business, business world, um, true professionals 
who uh, know what they're talking about. It's not just soft guys like me who transitioned or telling you how to do LinkedIn. It's actual professionals who, who um, work on those things. Um, month one is really about diving into you, which is, which sets us apart. Uh, I think from the majority of the VSO space month two is kind of the stereotypical stuff where I think most VSOs help out LinkedIn resumes, um, and, and all of those things, cause you have to get in and through a hiring funnel, right? So you, you have to have those skills. Uh, and then, uh, phase three is all about exposing you to opportunity. So making sure that you've had at least one conversation or heard a panel of speakers talk about tech, manufacturing, HR, um, steel construction, you name it, just a wide swath of industries, companies you've maybe never heard of, hopefully a few you have heard of that are intriguing to you. So you can start to look around and do two things. One, have a conversation or hear something about, I don't know, pick a company name and go, you know what? It sounds cool from the outside, but I don't think that aligns with what I want to do next. And simultaneously, so you're now you're, you're um, checking off something and it's no longer a bright, shiny object. So now it's one less thing to worry about. And simultaneously, hopefully having a conversation with an entrepreneur or somebody from a company you've never heard of and go, wow, I didn't know this existed. This really aligns with what I'm doing next. Let me dig deep into this and have further conversations. And um, there's actually a lot more to it, but that's, that's the wave tops. Yeah, no, it's great. I think one of the one of the most difficult things for transitioning service members, regardless of conventional or, or special operations forces, is is that piece of like understanding yourself and who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important because we we spent so much time, even if it was four years, it's still mm-hmm. a long time to spend kind of within a monolithic organization or within mm-hmm. a unit within that organization. And really at the end of the day, like, I mean, I was in the Air Force and uh, service before self, mm-hmm. right? That, that's a, that is a core value of the Air Force, right? And it yeah. should be a core value and it's a great core value, but it doesn't help the self understand that the self still exists. So right. you're serving before you're thinking about yourself, but you still do need to think about and work with yourself and kind of understand how you fit into uh, you know, your new organization or fit into the entrepreneurial landscape or the creative landscape or wherever it is that, that you're going to, to, to be operating, so to speak, once you, mm-hmm. once you separate the other, the other thing is getting, getting guys and gals well before, right? Because even a year out, right? Like a year out is actually not that much time at all. So 18 yeah, months is, is, is great. Um, what, uh, what, what did you, what did you learn about yourself as you went through the the program? No, uh, that's, that's a great question. So, I showed up having done a few uh, other foundations and, and and they're all really good. They really help. There's great Americans doing really important work out there. And I, so I felt pretty confident rolling into THF night one, if you will. And I realized very quickly with the very first question, I had still a lot of work to do. And the first question I was asked by the director was, they introduced all themselves as a staff. They introduced what the curriculum was going to be and all of those things. And it was our turn to introduce ourselves as fellows. And there was about 30 of us in the room. And the director said, okay, you're going to get a chance to introduce yourselves just like we did, but here's the catch. You don't get to tell us your rank or what military your unit in, you're in or what job you used to do. We want to know who you are. Ready? Go. And we all just kind of like rocked back and we we're like, wait a second. And for me specifically, I was like, I've been Master Sergeant Halterman now for you know, four or five years, like that is who I am. And all of these other qualifications that really matter to me, that is a part of who I am. Um, and that's, what's going through my head, right. As I'm trying to like, how am I going to answer this question? Like who is Michael? But that was the point. 
that was the very point of it, right? And then the director was like, don't worry. We know you don't know how to answer that yet. And that's fine. We're going to work on that over the next three months. But it kickstarted the ideas in my head again. Who is Michael? What does he want? What does he care about? And all of the other things. And who am I becoming moving forward? Because I am you know, a former Marine and I am a veteran, but there is so much more there. And to really get through the transition, you've got to grapple with those big existential questions. Yeah, it's like, you know, as, as we, we tend to think of our transition in, in purely professional terms uh, on the one hand, and then we tend to think of our transition in purely kind of personal, emotional, mental uh, uh, terms, right? When it comes to mental health and TBI mm-hmm. and PTS and all these other things that obviously happen at higher clips in our community and then obviously in even higher clips in certain subsets of that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is about integrating those and more things, right? It's not just the professional and the personal, it's the mental, it's the emotional, it's the relational, it's the spiritual, it's the experimental, right? It's like all these things that you get to go out and do the whole you. Yeah, it's exactly right. So when did you, when did you really start to define um, transition a little bit differently than, than others? Yeah. So once, once, having gone through the the entire curriculum, becoming an alumni and really buying into the process and just using curiosity instead of doing kind of the stereotypical veteran thing we all do. We're like, I don't want to talk about things like oh, I'm going to be super skeptical until my bro does it or my bro says it's, or, you know, or my teammate says it's good. Right. I just decided to go all in and use curiosity. How does this land with me? How does this affect me? What if I just dive in and go hundred percent on this? like I did so many other things in my military experience and I was overwhelmingly successful. So what I started to realize having gone through it and then getting the opportunity to deliver the content as a director of in a virtual program. So, you know, fast forward a couple of months after graduation, I'm now a brand new employee um, and I'm d- getting to deliver the content um, and diving into the psychology the neurobiology, diving into the cognitive science of how is this all undergirded with hard science? And it absolutely is. Um, And so understanding all of that and figuring out ways to deliver it to all the skeptics who don't on night one, who are just like, I'm not telling you stories. I'm not going to talk about my feelings. I'm here to get a resume and helping them understand why you've got to work through all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny because <clears throat> I I can empathize with that, right? Because we, we do all mm-hmm. this professional development in the military. You have all these people come in, these speakers, these consultants, these, you know, um, people who are not in the military coming in and, and giving you HR training or giving you, um, you know, sexual assault training or giving mm-hmm. you you know, all, all these other, you know, kind of standard HR things. And there's all these other performance aspects of it, you know, and if you're, if you're in special operations forces, then you're getting, you know, uh, you're getting physical training and you're getting medical attention and you're getting supplements and you're getting nutrition, you're getting all these other things. Right. And, you know, when you're operating in some environments, it, it makes total sense to receive those things and know that those people are the best in the world at what they do. And that's why they've been vetted to, to be there for you and to provide that for you. So it's, it's a little bit easier to accept that kind of expertise, but then you get out into the civilian world and maybe your first uh, exposure to this is through the, you know, taps 
and mm-hmm. all those kind of things that each branch offers and, and each unit offers and all those different things. And you start to hear from these consultants and, and you don't actually feel the same thing from them that you did from the people that you're working super closely mm-hmm. with, um, kind of within your unit. You start to really understand that, oh, wow, actually the DOD is very, very good at indoctrinating us into this environment. Mm-hmm. It is not their job to help us prepare for something that's outside of, of their environment. I actually say that that's a good thing because um, I don't want the DOD helping me understand how business operates because yeah. their business is to go to this country and fight fight wars. So stick with yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to go connect with like-minded individuals and organizations on the outside. But then you get to this professional development on the outside and you're like, wait, you're just a paid consultant to kind of come in and tell me what to do. So I, I empathize with that because it's not an easy thing for us to um, kind of exercise as we come out of, of those environments. Mm-hmm. That being said, we, we, we need to be in touch with ourselves and our environment to understand that somebody might be providing value when mm-hmm. they teach or consult or coach or help us through some of those situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and opening, getting people to open up, right. Cause at the end of the day, like no matter what uh, soldier, sailor, airman, Marine guardian, whatever, wherever you served, there's a human that started on the front end of that, that went through a transition process to become that soldier, sailor, airman, Marine. I mean, that's what boot camp is. It's a transition process. Yeah. And you can use yeah. that yeah. as a, wait a second, I've actually done this before. Let me reverse engineer all the things I learned while I was there in, in boot camp or whatever it's called, you know, particular to the force. You had an identity yeah. you were given. You had a community you were surrounded by. You knew how to make sense of everything happening around you because the rules were very straightforward, which gave you purpose because you knew who you were and what you're supposed to do. And that gave you meaning. So if you reverse engineer that, this next transition is comprised the exact same five things. The problem is no one is giving you like a a handrailed, um, you know, comprehensive three month, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or two and a half months, whatever it is, like through the fire hose version, a lot of it, you've got to learn on your own. A lot of it, you've got to have conversations like this, right? Um, And maybe even multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'd, I'd love to kind of walk through those and if, and if uh, not to put you on the spot like this, but if you want to mm-hmm. walk through them backwards, you certainly can, if we're reverse engineering this, but so number yeah. one is identity. Number yep. two is community. Number three yep. is sense making. Sense making. Number four is purpose. And number five is, is meaning in life. And you contend yeah. that this isn't about transitioning. It's actually just about managing change. Um, we'll so reverse. Maybe, maybe we kind of like, I, I would reverse that. Yeah. So here, here's what I would say is, there is a giant checklist, regardless of what branch of the military you're getting out of. It's massive, right? It's, it's well over conservatively 500 individual things that you've got to check off. Last time at medical, last time at dental, check out of your command, get through supply on and on and on and on. And it feel, and it's necessary, but is insufficient for having a good transition. You have to do it, but that does not, that does not mean you are going to have a successful transition at the end of that checklist. And it is done when you get a job, start your own company, enroll in school, which is kind of the big three buckets most people fall into or and or even take a break for a little while, which also makes great sense for a lot of people, but they don't have a chance. And that's that's a side subject, but necessary, but insufficient. And so how are you going to grapple with the existential questions that you had to, to get in. Cause now it's even harder. 
because on your way out, no one's handing you identity, community, purpose, sense-making purpose and meaning in life. You've got to start to really dig into yourself and do the work internally and start to have lots of conversations, hopefully with gentlemen like you and lots of others who are in the veteran sphere who are willing to relay their own personal experiences and then finding some of that at these amazing other nonprofits that are working really hard uh, to help guys and gals transition well. Yeah, I, I say this a lot, um, and it, it's just because it's worth repeating and it's worth hearing and worth remembering. I say it more as a as a reminder to myself, even you know, fifteen years later, um, you know, after being out of out of the military, or 12, 13 years of technically being out of the military, but you know, fifteen, sixteen years ago, having gone into the military, um, yeah. the military in a lot of ways is an easy place to be. It's mm -hmm. a simple place to be. You have I to do hard it. things, and you. Yeah complex things in that environment, but it's actually a very easy, simple place to be. Everything is provided for you. All you have to go do is the hard thing that's in front of you. If mm -hmm. you're, if you're, you know, downrange as a, as a, as an operator, there's a target package they put together for you. You go in, you do the thing, you leave, you come back. If you're a, a flight line maintainer, like I was, there's a, there's a bird that's empty of bombs and missiles. Here's your checklist. Here's your technical order. Go put those bombs and missiles on that airplane, mm -hmm. come back and wait for the next one to do it again. And those are hard things to do. You're doing those in austere environments. You're mortared, shot at all these different things. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, everything is laid out for you. And, and you're underscoring the important point of, well, now you have to go do these things yourself. And I, I do want to make sure that people remember and understand it's not about doing it alone. It's just right. about... There we go. Perfect timing. See, those guys are underscoring my They're riled up, man. They're, they're loving it. Keep going. Yeah. They're the opposite of, of MWDs. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're working on that. I found an ex-security ex forces Air Force cop uh, here in town who's going to take these boys in yes. January and whip them into shape. Um, but, um, but yeah, you don't have to do it alone. You just It's, it's not going to be given to you. So it's up to you to go find the people that you need to find to go operate with those people and get in and figure it out together. Yeah. Yeah. And there are so many veterans on LinkedIn, great resource, um, that are ready and willing for you to reach out and have a conversation or two or three, or point you in the direction of resources that you are looking for specifically for your transition. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, okay. So, um, where does one start with that kind of understanding who they are and what their identity is stripped of all of these other, other things? Like what, what, what is, what, what is uh, a kind of a, a good way I'd like to get like practical and technical here. Like what's a good yeah. way to start exploring these things, you know, as if talk, talk to me as if I'm somebody who's, who's just getting out. Absolutely. So the first thing I would point you to towards doing is think about investing in yourself, which I mean, I mean, real hard dollars, like real money, um, because not everything's going to get given to you for free. And we get a lot of uh, advantages as veterans. We get a lot of things for free, but there's going to be a couple things that are worth you investing in yourself for. And so something along the lines of Gallup Strengths Finder, which has been along, around for a very long time of really taking an assessment like that, or there's many others, taking an assessment that's been around for a long time that can really help you tr start to understand and peel back the layers of you as an onion, right? And then what it's also simultaneously gonna do 
is help you develop and change your vocabulary to a much more civilianized version. So I'm sure all of us could have lengthy conversations, mostly an acronym with one another, but that doesn't do us any good right. when we're talking to a civilian and trying to relay what our value is to a future potential employer. So I would point you in that direction and I would start having as many conversations with veterans as you can get on the books in a week. And, uh, you know, well, I, let me dial that back slightly. If you can start having two conversations a week with two veterans, starting with the guys and gals or anybody in your unit that's just ahead of you, and then branching out a little bit further, further and further from your comfort zone, um, what you're going to find is all of the do's and don'ts and all of the best practices that have already been figured out so you don't have to. And then you can really start to figure out you at more depth and start to figure out, okay, now, and you're going to accidentally build a community along the way because you're going to, you're going to create some real relationships where you get the opportunity to like, wow, oh, this, this guy's in a particular business that I think I want to be in. I'm going to continue this conversation for who knows how long we, we might have multiple conversations over multiple years and that may be the path you end up going. I think that's, that is one of the best, easiest ways to, to start doing that. And then jumping on LinkedIn and searching out all the veterans on there. Cause there's conservatively tens of thousands. We're not hard to find and we're all here to try and help each other. Yeah. Uh, I remember one of the things that I struggled with, uh, mightily mm. coming out of the military was, and I was 22, right. It mm -hmm. served right out of high school. 18, 22, moved back home, moved close to family, uh, older siblings. And I remember being, and I think about this often now, we have a, we have a, a three and a half, she's almost four, she'll be four in, in February, uh, mm -hmm. our daughter. And, and I, I think often about like how we as parents and, and people's parents kind of understand who they are at a certain age, at a certain level, and kind of have this this um, understanding maybe that the, the, that the, the kid or the person doesn't necessarily have. And I, and I remember that that was also true in the military, right? Like you would get, it would be reinforced kind of who people thought you were, who pe what mm -hmm. people thought you were interested in. And it's mm -hmm. not necessarily a conformity thing so much as it is just like a, like, oh yeah, that's kite. He thinks this way. He does this. He like, oh, you're oh, sure. and then it's all of a sudden gets reinforced. And then yep. you get out of the military and you're like, well, actually, I took this strengths finder thing, and it turns out that I'm interested in this, or I have an aptitude for this, or actually, I have a shit ton of emotional, you know, mm -hmm. like my EQ super, or whatever. Um, and and so it, it can be really hard for people to get out and discover things about themselves that maybe they they didn't know or were mm -hmm. uncomfortable, like admitting. not because there's anything embarrassing objectively, but subjectively, it might be embarrassing. Like, I served for 20 years and I was, I, you know, I, I didn't realize that I liked this thing. X, Y, Absolutely. whatever it might be. Yeah. And approaching yeah. all of it, all of it with absolute curiosity. And I mean, curiosity, like a child, because that, that is a superpower that we forgot how to use from way back that helped us yeah. get through the whole first part of our life. And when you just really start looking at every opportunity coming towards you and just being curious about it, regardless of what you think you're supposed to do or how people have you, as you've been explaining, saying like, we kind of pigeonhole people into certain things. And if you just approach all of it with curiosity, it might be the first time you realize maybe you're an artist and maybe right. you've been kind of going against that for a very long time. And it's, it's shown itself in these little ways. And this could be, you know, any number of examples, maybe you're supposed to be in higher education. Maybe you're have a high propensity for construction of some sort. 
it's time. It, this is the time and space to really start exploring those with curiosity. Yeah. I love that framing because an artistic and creativity is a good, um, a good microcosm for that, because that doesn't mean that, that it has to be your vocation. That just means it could mm -hmm. be an application that you, that you explore in this portion of your life because you enjoy it strictly yeah. because you enjoy it. you want to be good at it and you want to, and you want to excel and you want to try. Uh, but you're just, you're just doing something that you're interested in because you're interested in it for its own sake. What about, yeah. um, what about, what about com community? Community is a hard one because, you know, especially if people who come from units like the one that you came from, mm -hmm. um, and, 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 you know, even, uh, even, a, a my, my job I did in crews of three, right. Mm -hmm. When we loaded bombs on F-15, it was crews of threes, one man, two man, three man. We were there together all the time, you know, at our home station, on our TDYs, in our workups, on our deployments. It was like just us inside of this, you know, kind of more maintenance unit and the fighter mm -hmm. squadron, but it's still just kind of us. How can people, how can people still maintain connections to that community that means so much to them mm -hmm. when they were in the military and they still want it to mean something to them on the outside, but now they got to integrate into another community or other communities. Right. Yeah. I, I would invoke my best version of Brene Brown. Um, and I would say daring greatly is another small investment. Um, I would offer to every veteran in transition, um, and the big, uh, my big takeaway, and I read it during my transition, um, and one of the big takeaways was essentially, you know, you'll throw on, you'll throw on a shooter's vest, a gun, and you'll go do some of the scariest things on the planet, go fight war or whatever, whatever that may look like. Uh, and, but you won't have a conversation with a stranger because having a conversation with a stranger feels more dangerous because it is because we're social creatures and we, we understand the social danger of having a bad, bad conversation and how we feel awkward and all of these other things. Whereas if you get curious and decide that, you know, I've done harder things in this before and more often than not, it works out. And especially when it's a fellow veteran, I can probably be a little bit vulnerable because you have to expose yourself to fire to be brave. And you've already done that. You have to expose yourself to danger to make it down the rappel tower or to make it through the swim qual or any of the number of things that you've already done. And so having a conversation, and this is our first conversation together ever, and it's working out fine, right? Because we're a couple of veterans who can find a touch point and go, oh yeah, I went through that too. How can I help you? Get vulnerable, yeah. be curious, realize you're going to have a couple of bad conversations, get over it, realize you're going to have some conversations that go absolutely nowhere but they were good conversations, learn from that and just continue to do it. And you will be surprised how fast you'll be able to find your people. And they may not look like the same shape, size, color. They may not do the same things that you're used to. Uh, all the other people you were hanging out with did before, but they're going to push you in a direction that is going to take you to the next thing. Yeah, that's so well put. It's, um, you know, a lot of times as veterans on the professional side, we will, we will look for the perfect community to integrate into, mm -hmm. um, or, or we will look for the people that are going to provide us exactly what we need as a one-to-one -one or as close as we can to match what, what, what we experienced on the inside. When in reality, what we should be doing is looking for communities that we can bring value to mm -hmm. through the, the, the discomfort that you were just describing. Like, Go in, have conversations, be vulnerable, be open. Again, I know the, a lot of these things are easier said than done, but it's important that we get the reps at doing these things. 
be vulnerable, be open, have conversations. The ones that go that don't go anywhere are often the most fun, like you said, right? And there's just different ways to connect with different people. And then mm-hmm. on the professional side, as you're working, like what can you bring to that culture within that mm-hmm. organization? Don't just expect that you're going to be a culture fit and that that culture is going to provide exactly what you need. Where can you actually go into that culture and provide value professionally and personally. And I'm not talking about like, don't go be family with your business. Like I'm, I don't believe in that. Um, mm-hmm. But, but there's a way to build community professionally that works really well when you're bringing value and when you trust yourself to bring value. Absolutely. And if you have enough conversations, you're going to be able to start making sense of the options and opportunities in front of you. That's the sense making piece because all of it's going to feel like way too much at first. You're not going to understand business language. You're not going to understand the difference between why some industries talk about certain things being more important than others. There's going to be a, a bunch of acronyms you're going to have to learn across different industries you're interested in. If And to start making sense of all of that, having multiple conversations with people who work in those jobs, industries, that's going to help you really start to figure all that stuff out. Yeah. That's the hardest part back, back to, back to what I was saying earlier, where everything's provided for you in the military, all the sense is already made for you. All you have to do mm-hmm. is show up and do a hard job, difficult job in, in austere, uncomfortable environments, but it's all there for you. And, and when you're, when you're in the civilian sector, professionally and personally, it's up to you to use your senses to make sense of uh, of all of the things that you're experiencing professionally, personally, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things and looking for ways to integrate. And again, letting go of the desire to be perfect, the desire to mm-hmm. be great or good, right? Like, you know, embracing the desire to just go and be and do, not mm-hmm. in a woo way, but just like go be somewhere, go do some things. Right. And kind of makes sense figure it out as you're, as you're, as you're, um, you know, crawling your way towards walking towards running. And your metric for success isn't comparing yourself to another veteran in transition with you. Isn't looking out into the field and saying, ah, I want to be like that guy or gal. Are you 1% better than you yesterday? That's the only true measure of success you can make because all the, all the other ones are not you. Those are avatars that are close and nearby, but they're showing up with different skills, different capabilities. You can only really judge your success. Are you better than yesterday? And those little incremental changes over time are massive. 52 podcasts in a year. You don't get to do that in a week. You had to do it over time. Right. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Purpose is an interesting one. So how do you think about, how do you think about do you think about it in terms of finding purpose? Do you think about it in terms of bringing purpose? Because obviously your purpose within, um, you know, a sales organization is going to be a little bit different than your purpose uh, within a MARSOC unit. So how, how do you, how do you reconcile those things? How do you, how do you make sense of those? Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately what you're looking for is, am I doing something that provides me purpose that could be through sales, that could be through anything that you're doing in business, but am I, providing to others a way that helps them solve a problem they're trying to solve. And you're going to get purposeful about that. If you're not finding it initially at a company you're at, that is okay. Your purpose might switch just a little bit to let me educate myself as much as I can about what I'm doing in this company or industry so that I can leverage that to move on to somewhere else that really fills me with a sense of purpose. And you're going to find that in culture. And you're going to find culture, the right culture, by going back 
to what we've been talking about, which is having lots of conversations with as many different people in a company as possible to really figure out if that's the place you should be. We can all want to be at, I don't know, bright, shiny objects. We'll just say SpaceX. But if you've got a couple of kids and you want to spend time at home and you're working on work-life balance, you're not going to find that there. And how are you going to know that? You're not going to know unless you have several conversations with people who already work there and you're, then you're going to find out this is, you know, it's a grind and they're doing it for, you know, they have a purpose to fulfill. So maybe that's just not the right choice for you right now. Yeah. You touched that's super important. You touched on two important things. Um, one is, uh, you get to define your, your purpose now, right? Mm -hmm. You used to be a part of organization within the DOD, pick your branch, pick your unit, pick your whatever that provided that kind of overall purpose for you. And obviously you're in control of what you can control within your own life and your family and all that stuff. But really the purpose is, is kind of laid out for you here. You get to choose your purpose. You get to go choose to be a part of an organization or not based on the things that you're trying to accomplish holistically in life. Whereas yeah. when you're in the military, obviously work has to come first because that is, that's, that's the job. The other piece is uh, working within an organization to get leverage, to go move on to another organization. I know mm -hmm. that this does happen in the military, but uh, not, not as often and, and certainly not at every level. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going to work somewhere because it's going to provide you some short to midterm value so mm -hmm. that you can then go move on to somewhere else to achieve the long-term value. This is really hard for military veterans because we're so, um, we're so loyal, right? Mm -hmm. And we're so we're so uh, ethical in terms of like, well, no, I can't do that because that, I'm just using them. It's like, no, you're not using them. It's like you're providing value, they're providing value, mm -hmm. and then you're you're gonna go move on. You're take these steps the way that you take them. The ladder exists. Yeah, I would. The last piece I would put on purpose is the highest, the purpose that you're gonna find that really resonates with you the most. And I'm saying you to every veteran because we've now done this with. Um, thousands of veterans over 10 years at the Honor Foundation, the highest purpose that you're going to find that's going to resonate with you is always going to be not about you. It's not about making money. It's not about seeking power. It's always going to be about how you're helping others and how you're helping others is always going to be very specific to you. Um, that's going to be very individual, but it's always going to be about helping others. I do. I love, I'm so glad you said that. So something I've, I've said over the years is you can still serve. Mm -hmm. So just because you're not serving in the military or just Absolutely. because, you know, you're not a nurse or, or whatever, you can still serve. You can serve in small little moments within your family, within your community, within your city, like pick it. You can still serve. Even if you're doing something that, that does make money or you're doing something that is lucrative, you can still find ways to serve other people. And that foundation that we come from um, is is super important for us to continue to foster. And again, that only happens through conversation and relationship with other humans. Absolutely. Yep. And so meaning, right? I guess we're, okay. we're down to the final one. Are you telling me we're about, are we about to solve the meaning of life? Please, Halty, no, tell us. Definitely tell us not the meaning, the meaning of, life. of life. No, no, no. So there's a big distinction. Meaning in life, as in meaning in our lives, and meaning of life. We're not even going to touch meaning of life. That's... Uh, that's a <laughs> philosophical debate that has uh, been for as long as, you know, man's been around. Um, meaning in life, though. So I, I would refer back to Dr. John Vervanke. He's the um, assistant professor of uh, psychology 
at the University of Toronto. Uh, and he does a 52 uh, episode series on meaning. Um, but it all whittles down to asking yourself two simple questions. What do you want to exist, even if you do not? And what are you doing about that? And what difference are you making to that right now? And the metaphor I like to use that goes right along with that is it's having the forethought to plant trees that you will not enjoy the shade or the fruit of, but you're doing it for others. Yeah. I'm a big Verveke fan. Um, oh, that's good to hear. The, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Verveke, Peterson, like all those guys are just, it's so yeah. I, I could listen to them talk. It's a rarity. For, somebody for says that. So uh, that's, that's really good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the meaning piece is super important because, um, and, and again, not, not all joking aside, not to get into the philosophical debate of, of, of who determines meaning and how you determine meaning. We, I think mm -hmm. we can at least just say that we could discover the kind of, kind of meaning that you are talking about, um, in a way that, that is again, something I think that the military veteran community struggles with because everything is tied back to the the guy next to me mm -hmm. downrange you know or the ideals of the country that we're serving for and like all the things in between mm -hmm. but but in reality you you do need to discover that meaning for yourself and again it's like for others kind of through yourself like what are the things that you can contribute um right now at scale individually mm -hmm family, within your community, within your organization, however large it is. There was a movie uh, years and years ago. Uh, I watched it on a deployment. Terrible movie. Uh, it was called 10,000 BC. And it was oh, yeah. by uh, directed by Roland Emmerich, the same guy who did like Independence Day and like all yeah. those disaster movies. And it was this, this um, kind of like, I don't want to say caveman, but like very like 10,000 BC, right? Like early, right. early man. There was this shaman character who was who was leading um, and guiding the 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 hero, the protagonist, and he said, "You choose how large to draw your circle. Just mm -hmm. understand that whatever is inside of your circle is your responsibility. So if mm -hmm. you want to draw the circle around yourself, great. You're only responsible for yourself, which means you're missing out on the other circles. But you are responsible for yourself. If you mm -hmm. want to draw that circle just around." family, again, you're responsible for those things and you might be missing out on what comes with more responsibility. Same thing in Troy, mm -hmm. right? When Brad, you know, Achilles mom says like, you can stay here and you can have a wife and have kids. And you know, the tribe will, the tribe will hail you as a hero, but they'll forget about you in a century. If you go to Troy, uh, they'll remember you for forever, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like, and, and it's all very dramatic, like, but it's really good. It's a good, I think, microcosm for, for this idea of where are you going to discover the meaning in your life and what are you going to be responsible for and what are you going to do with it and what are you mm -hmm. going to do for other people? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think there's good science around the more responsibility you take, the bigger you draw that circle and you don't have to draw it all at once. You can start with, you can concentrically draw that bigger and bigger as you get, you take on a harder challenge, you accomplish that. And now it didn't break you, but it broke you open. So now you can encompass an even bigger challenge and you continue to do that. Right. And so the transition getting into the military got you ready to be in the military. 
the military got you ready to get out of the military and go do something even bigger. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a big Joseph Campbell guy too. So I think about the hero's journey and yeah. right. Like for, for those watching, it's like the hero's journey is just, is just like this kind of circle. But the way I think about it is like, I'm going left right on my screen, but it's like, okay, you complete just one hero's looping. journey and then you go up. Right. Up. But, but it's, it's up on that X axis, right? the x yep. and y axis where you always need and, and certainly it's going to actually be like this right but like really the, the idea that you're looking for is not just to do one cycle of the hero's journey and see some success it's to do one and build upon it and build upon it fail and then build upon it Absolutely. build upon it fail build upon it fail um always failing kind of kind of upward but yeah yeah um Man, that's amazing. It. I've never heard it. somebody else say it out loud that way. And that's what's been in my head for a very long time. So that was, that was very gratifying to hear that and see that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's good. That's good. yeah. Um, yeah, we're on the, we're on the same page on, on a lot of, on all of this stuff, which is, which is great. I'm excited to, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I know this isn't going to be the, um, the only, only conversation that, that we have, have on these things. Um, so I end the podcast by asking two open ended questions. Uh, okay. Before I get to that open-ended question, though, I do I do want to ask one more um, mm -hmm. kind of question before before we get to those. What is something that does not get talked about as a part of transition and change management enough mm -hmm. in your mind? If it, mm -hmm. not necessarily going to rank in a rank order, but like what is what is like one thing that you're thinking about right now that that you're like, man, that needs more coverage. You, you touched on it earlier and I'm really glad you did that your service doesn't end. We all raised our right hand and we swore an oath and there was no, there was no until, until this date at the end of that, right? We just swore the oath. And what I've, I've found interesting is I've moved through my transition over the last five years because it, it's not a destination. It doesn't just end because I got a job. I was still working on myself and have been working on myself um, on the the hero's journey, right? Um, service continues. It just looks different, like you said. And what I would offer is the biggest opportunity, perhaps in all of our lives, is right in front of us. And it's the opportunity to serve in, in the civic arena, um, in public office. Um, there are fewer uh, veterans serving right now in public office. You know, in Congress, I think is the most notable metric right now. And I, I think that any branch of the military is one of the best leadership schools you can go through, whether it was four years or three and a half years, I think is on the shortest end all the way through 30. Those are leadership skills that are unmatched anywhere else. And I would offer that the greatest generation is the greatest generation, not because they just went away and defeated pure evil, liberated the world from, from tyranny. They came home and they kept working. They took all of those mm -hmm. offices over and they kept building America. And I think this generation coming out of GWAT and all the rest, it's time for us to start really considering doing the same thing. Because if we're unhappy with the world as is, let's not sit on the sideline anymore. Let's get involved. Yeah, well said. Um, are we ready to talk about Vector Accelerator or should we just tease that and have you back on next year? I'll say this right now. We, the Honor Foundation has 10 years of experience uh, coming up in 2024, official 10 year anniversary. We have always, it has been in our hearts and minds since the very, the founding of the company that we would have an effect um, on the greater transition of DOD. 
Um, and after 10 years of serving one small niche uh, in the veteran population, we think that there's an area that we are now very professional at and very good at, and we want to make sure that we're taking care of providing an opportunity. Let me put, position it that way, providing an opportunity for veterans to understand themselves better going through the transition process. So mid 2024, you should see a big announcement uh, from the Honor Foundation uh, with, with a program that seeks to facilitate identity, community, sense-making purpose and meaning, that conversation, those existential questions for all veterans in transition. I love it. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have you back on. We'll, we'll chat more in depth as, uh, as, as, as that launches. Uh, so where, where can folks find you? Um, and where can folks find the honor foundation? Where do you want to drive traffic? We'll tag and put everything in the show notes before LinkedIn is the here. best place. Uh, cause that's where all the veterans are, right? If you're in transition or you're not on LinkedIn, you're missing the opportunity. Like you can look at it as social media, or you can look at it as what it really is. It is the first time in human history that there's a one place where all professionals can gather and find each other to get things done, which is solving hard business problems. One of those hard business problems is finding new good employees. You veteran, wherever you are, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marine Corps, Guardian, I don't care. You are the next best employee going to the next company. Get on LinkedIn. You should connect with me, Michael G. Halterman. I put the G in the middle to differentiate myself and give the Honor Foundation a follow because we will be announcing some big stuff in 2024. Yeah, awesome. It's funny, I was talking to somebody uh, offline. It wasn't an episode today, but it was offline. I was like, you know, I've been, uh, this year was probably like 25% LinkedIn, 80 or yeah, 25% LinkedIn, 75% Instagram for me. Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna flip that in 24. Mm -hmm. Uh, like like this this week's episode, I'm posting every every video uh, to to LinkedIn instead of just like one or two. Same thing uh, next week, and same thing definitely the one with yours to end the year. Um, and I think I'm going to spend a lot more time, um, effort, and energy on on LinkedIn. It's like mm -hmm. Twitter back when Twitter first started. You have access to to everyone uh, mm -hmm. in a way that that you don't. You know, Meta and the, the I mean, until the algorithm gets a hold of of LinkedIn, we'll see how that goes. But uh, well said, and we'll tag you there and and uh, be on the lookout for content there. Um, okay, so I end each podcast episode with an open-ended question. Uh, what is on your heart and your mind for our community right now? Could be something mm. you wanna get off your chest, could be a piece of advice, could be something you wanna reiterate from what we've talked about here today, but what's on your heart and what's on your mind? I don't think it's said enough or perhaps it's not posed in this way. And, and I mentioned it already earlier, the greatest generation isn't just the generation that went away and fought World War and won World War II. World War II winners, that's a big deal all by itself and all the implications that fell out from that. But the reality is they came home and got to work in every industry, in every, and the economic bull run that America has been on ever since. Granted, there's some other factors in there. We know veterans fully employed in the job market is a great thing for America. So, I would highly encourage every veteran. It is discouraging at times. There's ups and downs. There's smiles and cries, but keep plugging away because America needs you, literally. I love a, love a good training day reference. Hell of a way to end the year. Um, Paul T, sincerely appreciate your time. 
um, so glad to know you stoked to, to continue to get to know you better. And, um, and, uh, we'll have you back. We'll have you back next year. Thank you for this. This is a great opportunity. Really appreciate it. Thank you.